Thank you for coming, for attending this Dharma talk. Thank you for all of your help in supporting this community, both by attending, by practicing, and by financially supporting us. We need your help. Please continue if you can. This evening's uh, Dharma talk is titled, You Are the Seer. You are. You are the seer. You are the witness. You are that. We'll go into that a little bit further in a moment. But first of all, I'd like to thank those who participate in this uh, Sangha, this spiritual community, both in person and online, on Zoom. Thank you for that. We need this kind of support. The teacher, the teaching, and the community. Uh, if you start to separate those out, this does not work so well. Uh, is not quite so expedient. So thank you for your participation, and thank you for your your uh, support, both participate, participatory and financial. Please continue to help us if you are able. So you are the seer. This teaching goes way back as pre-Buddhist. If you go back and read, which I'm not a scholar, but I have looked around a little bit. And if you look at, I think it's uh, there's 108 uh, spiritual teachings called Upanishads. I don't know what that word means, though I did at one time probably. But that's uh, in ancient India, pre-Buddhist. Uh, it is the 10th one, the Brihadaranyaka. Brihadaranyaka, I might not be pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Upanishad uh, actually talks about non-duality or not to or no self, no other in a little bit different way than it is taught in the Buddha's Dharma. But it is there. This has been around a long time and other traditions, including uh, indigenous peoples, traditions spoken of and taught in different ways, just like in the Advaita Vedanta, uh, Advaita are non-dual teachings, uh, are the, the basis of, uh, and, and some say, and there's some dif uh, differentiation and difficulty, <laughs> lack of agreement, shall we say, and how this, uh, going back and doing the historicity of what that is about, how that showed up. So, uh, a, a Vedanta teacher who's passed away now, pretty well-known one by the name of Jean, I think it's pronounced Klein, who was uh, born in Germany, and a great, great teacher. He has a book, several books, but the one that I would recommend if you were interested would be called I Am, and a very powerful teaching, but it's uh, you'll recognize a lot of the uh, words that he's using are very similar to what the way I teach this, because I'm teaching out of what I'm seeing not exactly what I've been taught. And I've said this over and over again. I'm looking at this. So I don't need an authority to come and tell me what I'm teaching is correct. The way I know that what I'm teaching is correct is I'm looking at it. I don't even need any students. So, but if I didn't have any students, of course, I would not be teaching. But I would not, I would not stop receiving what I'm looking at. There just not, might not be anyone who's interested. And I would return to being a pickpocket which I think I was in the 13th century. So Jean Klein, uh, his, uh, just FYI, if you need the information, his teacher was Pundit um, Viraghavachar. Viraghavachar, he was a, um, and his last name was Rao. And he studied with him for a few years right after the Second World War, which uh, uh, Jean Klein was part of the resistance, I think in France uh, during that time. But uh, Klein's teaching is very powerful. It's uh, 
it talks about meditation a little bit, but mainly it talks about the relationship to the teacher, how important the teacher is. So you could check that out or not. Do whatever you want. Um, so when I say you are the seer, you you are that. In the in the Advaita tradition, they would say you are the self. Thinking of a higher, advanced kind of self rather than the ego, self-serving, greedy, warlike self of the ego. But you are a higher form of consciousness. So I would say your consciousness. You just are consciousness. I wouldn't give it the uh, somewhat uh, a sticky word of the self, but you could if you like. So it's just uh, what I'm emphasizing here. These teachings were there when the Buddha was born and when he studied with those Brahmins that his uh, that were part of his uh, father's kingdom in those ancient times. So it seems to be necessary in your sitting practice of meditation is to watch. This is the way I teach it. Not the way Mr. Klein did. If you read any of his works, you'll see that he's doing it more by just encouraging you to relate to the teacher. And in that case, him. He had a, uh, as I said, he had a, a, a teacher in, uh, excuse me, I think it was a Sanskrit scholar uh, who helped him uh, realize his true nature. I don't know much. I don't think there's much in by way of a, a biography or autobiography there, but perhaps. So what am I saying? You can do this yourself. You can actually do it without Buddhism, but you might need that to give you a structure or some kind of guideline, because other than that, all you have is, uh, you don't have the Sangha. You might have a spiritual community, but if you have a spiritual community with, say, someone like uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj or Ramana Maharshi, it's very, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty loose, and it's uh, it isn't held together by vows that I know of. So I would say that's up to you. If you need that, it's here. If you don't need it, then do something else. The right and wrong are extra. We don't need that here. If you if you stand up right now and walk out of here and never come back, you've not done anything wrong. And if you stay in here for the rest of your life and practice meditation, you've not done anything right. Those are extra. You don't need those. What is true is not divided. And what is true untrue has all kinds of nooks and crannies. Has to be done with the awareness. And that can show up in any of the sense fields, including the mind. The mind is a receiver of thoughts. It does not produce thoughts. If you think it does, spinning. You'll continue to spin and you'll continue to generate those. Very complicated from the point of view of trying to figure out what it is and control it and make sure it doesn't do this. It gets more of that, even though Buddhism is full of all kinds of contraptions. And I say that with respect on how to stop the negativity or slow it down or redirect it or transmute it into loving kindness and so on. It's all over the place. And we're all doing that. And we participate in that here. We, we chant mantras that are talking about working with it in that way. Why is that? Because some people need that kind of support and help. And other than, you know who you are. Uh, others don't need that. Others might need to go into retreat and go to a mountaintop somewhere and never come back. Or go into retreat for long periods of time. Or go into retreat right here, sit down, hold still, observe the wall. That You are in a, a natural retreat hut as soon as you sit down and hold still and don't do anything but watch the movement of the mind stream. You're in retreat. 
whether it's for 10 minutes or 10 days. I highly recommend both. So you are, if your identity is anything, you are the seer, you are the witnessing, you are the observer. You can use all those words, you're just observing. It's just that there's no solid identity there that is looking for results or looking for, for who's right, who's wrong. There's just the receiving part of the consciousness. Consciousness only. If you say perception only, as it says in the banner in the back, that's more path quality. You're, you're using the perception uh, and slowing things down. So you're just looking at the perception and you are endeavoring to enter into that state of consciousness. It's not actually a state. I'm just saying that's expediently. Uh, it, it, but it is consciousness where there's no observing part of the consciousness and there's nothing being observed part of the consciousness. So this is the way that in which you can transcend this world without, without your feet leaving the ground. Can this be done? Yes. Is it something you do? Somewhat. It's more of the something you stop doing and start just receiving, receiving, receiving instead of producing all these footprints in the snow. You don't need them. They only last for a little while anyway. You know, if you become famous, not a good idea. <laughs> become famous. I think, uh, I don't think uh, Shoho Mike, the person who was my preceptor, would mind me sharing that one time uh, his teacher and my teacher, Kobanchino Roshi, uh, once uh, told him to, if you know Shoho or Mike, he's an incredible painter. I met him at the Art Institute when I was 22 and I think he was 18. So I was like an old man. You know? <laughs> but he he's an astonishingly gifted uh, artist, painter. And uh, Coben uh, told him to stop exhibiting don't exhibit it, just be a Sunday painter. It was kind of heartbreaking. Shoho did not mind him. He kept exhibiting. He did not, he did not, you might, if we were to talk to him, he's not here. And I don't think he watches any of my, any of my talks, but uh, if he were here, he might say something else about it that I don't recall. Uh, also, he wouldn't marry who Coben wanted him to marry either. So Shoho was kind of stubborn. They go on and on in that area, but I will not. So back to the seer. What is what is the witnessing quality of the consciousness? The next time you have uh, some kind of ragtag ideas coming through and ripping at your heartstrings or hurting you, causing you pain, causing you what we might call uh, anxiety, depression, or anger, or any of those, see, see if you can see or understand the, the witnessing area of the consciousness Rather than, rather than that which is dumped on top of that by fear, dumped on top of that by hope for something better, or modified or converted into something else by the way the, the consciousness works when it's operating out of not being a receiver. It wants to produce. It wants to produce success, and it wants to be recognized for all the hard work it's done meditating. I just recently criticized somebody, and they said back to me, well, how about all the times I'm not doing that? Who was that? About all the times that I'm actually not hooking up my vocal cords and I'm just receiving whatever's happening. Credentials. So uh, watch your step in that area. It's not about stopping that. The awareness of any kind of negativity, passion, aggression, and ignorance, has, just to speak about it uh, very directly, the value there of the sitting practice of meditation is you're actually experiencing samsara directly without fixing it 
without increasing it and without shutting down on it, you're actually liberating yourself right in the midst of the hell realm or the jealous God realm or the human realm or the animal realm or any realm, formless realm, realm of form, any realm, anything you can call an area. You're, you're in that and you're not going to push on it. You're not going to pull on it and you're not going to shut it down. This can take the rest of your life to do this. And even then, there's no guarantee. You might have to come back three more lifetimes. But start now. Start now and, and start. Have that momentum to see what this is. Make a pact with yourself. If you can't make a, an agreement with your teacher, do it with yourself. If you can't make it with the Dharma, do it with yourself. If you can't do it with the Sangha, then you do it. It's going to be very difficult to do that just with yourself because the ego is very, very sneaky and it will provide proof that you are on the spiritual path. Don't bullshit yourself. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not here to sales pitch that I'm this amazing teacher. You should come and drop to my feet. But you might want to drop to somebody's feet because you can't do this by yourself. Why? There isn't one. And according to Jean Klein, who is not a Buddhist, who is just an Advaita teacher, non-dual teacher, you need a teacher to point, the, point at this because if you can't do it yourself because you can't, you, can't, um, you can't get an authority out of uh, otherness. You have to, the authority has to come out of seeing there isn't anyone. And you have to meet someone who, who knows that. I'm not here marketing myself. <clears throat> You'll know if this is your teacher. If you have any doubts about it, get out of here. Leave. You think I'm kidding you? I'm not kidding you. Leave. Go do something else. I'll go home and take a nap. And why am I saying that so definitely and so not so abruptly? I want you to look at it closely. I want this to be the truth for you, not some bullshit that you believe in. This is not the cult. Although sometimes somebody looking at it might think, oh, they're prostrating and they're enchanting. The, and when this teacher gets up and walks out, they're, they're bowing to the teacher, some kind, of, some kind of obeisance going on or some kind of following going on. You can't follow me. I'm not going anywhere. Any of you who are close to me know that nothing's happening over here other than your mind. So again, I say leave. But at the same time, I'm saying, don't, don't stay here. Do it anyway. Do it. Anyway. Not, not for me, but for yourself. Do it for yourself. Live, live your life in a completely direct, uplifted, genuine, sincere, and sane way. Make no demands on anything. Don't demand that anything that's happening, receive it. If it's negativity, receive. If it's positivity, receive. If it's neutral, receive, 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 receive. Sean Hobowen, for those of us who don't connect much with forms, we connect more with sitting and with interviews. Um, what is the what is the teaching around us doing forms anyway? So it's different with each person, but uh, and the way you or anyone else connects with forms is going to be unlike three or four other people, and quite a bit like this this person or that person. Uh, lots of variable there. The idea is to use the form, which gives you 
uh, some kind of a structure to something that is very much going this way and that way. The mind stream is fluctuating this way and that way. And you have the form so you can see more closely the insubstantiality of the mind stream. And that it's, there's no solid uh, center, nor is there any fringe. So if you have a form, which might be striking a gong every morning, like the Han and Bell practice that some people come and do, uh, leading the chants. Um, the chants are just reminders of, of how, the, how this has been taught down through the centuries. We repeat it over and over again. So I would say just continue to do that. You don't have to en get engorged with it. You don't have to. We're not. It's not a monastery where you're where you were forced to do certain forms, but it's recommended. And people people that live here, uh, there's no there's no standard to live up to. That being said, if somebody doesn't comply, you could say to some extent we could give people. If you if you live here, you know that you anybody who lives here gets given a lot of leeway or room to be genuine, be who they are. We want to help people here, not just have a, some kind of a military. I know what it's like to be in a, a military and just follow orders. Not a good idea, not a good way, a way of working with people. That's about controlling people. I'm not interested in controlling you. I'm about helping you see through your neurosis and see who you fundamentally are. So you stop going to war with everybody, with your own mind to start with. Just stop fighting with yourself. And when you stop fighting with yourself, all the demons you've been kind of pushing away start to crawl right up the walls of your mind. If they don't, well, give it a few years. Because they will, more than likely. So I'm saying those forms that you're asking about, you've only what have you lived here a year now? Uh, seven months. Seven months. So have a few years left. Just continue to go. And you'll notice that we, everybody here, that is uh, the, the functionaries uh, work with you wherever you're at with the forms. And you're, you're, I think you're quite good. I'm not here to compliment you on anything. I think you participate quite a bit in this community already. At least I would say so. And I think others would too. Did I miss uh, what you're asking about? Okay. So you're, there's nothing to correct. You're doing what you need to do. And as you go along, you may slowly... Uh, find a, a different understanding of what the forms are. It takes quite a while. Certainly did for me, decades. Yes, sir. Jeez, am I, what are you pointing at with you are the seer? You, you, you're seeing it. Seer means to see. You, you, the, you, the consciousness, is seeing it. But, but you have to actually see it. What you're seeing. That's uh, so. It's a way of talking about consciousness only. Only I'm using a, a a tradition that goes back way past before the Buddha showed up, back in the seventh to eighth century before the Common Era. Use mean, What feels like it isn't seen, or what's covering that up? What feels like it isn't seen, or is covering that up? Uh, just ignorance. Just show. Just fear covers that up. You become afraid. And that fear doesn't necessarily show up as someone who's afraid. It can just it can show up as anger. A fear is a pretty vulnerable area, so that might be something you're going to have to go into. But you might start out with just getting angry because something is coming in, making you feel more sensitive. So you start to just get what they used to say years ago: tight jaws, mad, passion, aggression, and ignorance are quite workable. But fear, 
is uh, not so workable. So we cover those up with success, failure, right and wrong, pointing, accusing. You know about all this. Everyone here does. But to actually experience the raw fear of being threatened by your own mind stream, not comfortable. This is a place that you can do that. It's a safe, protected place, as protected as we can get, where you can come in and dedicate your life to finding out your fundamental identity. That's what I'm here to do for you or for anyone who will give me permission to do this. More? Is ego fear? Yes. It's just, uh, as Trunk Rinpoche, I have to quote him, It's a he calls it a paranoid insurance policy. It's just you have the ego so you can don't have to experience the fear because you always can go in your identity, your artificial identity, not the seer. The seer is just witnessing. It's just raw, bare attention to everything. And even that, you have to practice it because the addition of me, myself, and I, and what I want, what I don't like, keeps showing up in front of it. So you have to look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. You have to wear it out. You just have to wear out the the insistence of the samsara that keeps expressing itself as a, a Coney Island of the mind or some kind of a three-ring circus or tilt-a-whirl, something that looks like it's going in a straight line, but it's actually going in circles more. Hi. Uh, Andy, go ahead. Andy Bowling. Are we, are, are you able to see the, ever able to see the full contours or outlines of the ego? Yes. Yes, you can. You eventually see what it is and you see that it's unreal. And at the, at the same time, you see yours. Right in that same area, you start to see others. You see the way others are protecting themselves with a shield of identity that they believe they are this certain person. Sometimes it even shows up really obviously. Like someone, you'll be in a conversation and someone will actually say, well, I've always been the kind of person that you know doesn't really do this or this or this. They'll actually describe themselves. They'll split off into parts describing the other part of themselves without really realizing uh, what they're doing. That are participating in the illusion as if there's someone there and someone over there. But yes, you will eventually see it. But it won't last. If you try to do it, if you try to get rid of it, it gets stronger. If you try to see it and you, you know actually get that into the rear view mirror somehow, it gets stronger. Try to run away from it, it's strong, gets stronger, gets stronger. But it won't always show up as fear. It might show up just as anger, rage, just being enraged at someone else, something else, other, some other thing, something happened to you. It can show up with each person in different ways. A lot depending on the karma that you showed up in this realm. This is the human realm, supposedly. The, the, what came, what got you into this? What good fortune, bad fortune, causes and conditions that show up as so-called in the past morph? Andy Bowing, it just uh, feels so amorphous. Um, yes. Uh, you said tricky, you know. Uh, I guess it's, it's just hard to see what we're looking for. What you're what? What I'm looking for. You don't have to look for, just look at. If you look at, then whatever shows up is that's it. That's your object of meditation. You've heard me say this many times. Sit down, hold still, 
as still as you can. And whatever shows up in your personal particular mind stream is your object of meditation. Don't push it. Don't pull on it. And don't ignore it. And it will taunt you with all of those different kinds of seductions. Something you should push on. Something you shouldn't put up with like in the form of a story, then we'll lay a story on top of a story to insulate ourselves even more from the actual reality behind the whole thing, which is you're not a separate being from anyone. You have to realize that. You can't think your way into it. And it would be quite challenging, especially for someone with your particular skill, being an attorney, you're used to using all of this material and working it this way and that way with a reliance on laws and how where the laws are a little spongy and where the laws laws are cement, concrete, that kind of thing. When you say, I'm using a little bit of an image there, but it's that. You're used to working with that to generate a livelihood, as is Sano. And other people that are working in other areas that, that, that use a strong thinking process, a really powerful way to be able to work with those abstractions. So what is, you're being taught here is to just observe Whatever shows up, do nothing with it. Don't add, subtract, or divide. So you're going to have quite a quite a, a few things that you're going to look at that you won't reinforce. But when you get off the cushion, you might go right back into reinforcing that or using that that particular chemistry set to get results in the field that you're, is your profession. More? I lost it. Thank you. Yes. I think... Uh, one of the responses you gave to Sandho was something about using the form to see the insubstantiality of the mind stream. Yes. Uh, how does the structure or the form show us? How does what? How does the form show us the insubstantiality of the mind stream? If you, anytime you watch something there, it starts to come apart. And then the ego mind will either fix it, make excuses for it, uh, run, uh, run, uh, um, a roundabout around it to try to make some kind of a idea about that, which makes it real. Your particular style is to tell us you have a, the first story, which is not particularly true, but might be have some relative truth to it. And then you'll lay one story on top of the other. So you don't even have to look at the original uh, trigger, which was just a trigger. It wasn't anything, nothing was happening there other than this triggered that and that that which was triggered is some kind of polarity on how you're not getting what you should get. Uh, you're losing control of what you should have control of. And then you'll lay more stories on that so that you don't have to look at it deeply more. When you're bowing, I think I was uh, interpreting yes. the, the word form in, in as like the forms that we do here. Okay. So how do how do these forms that we do day after day after day show the insubstantiality of the mind stream? Tell me. Well, you've been doing sitting meditation that you, that has to do with holding the body very still, hold everything you can still. That includes the mind, but there's not what happens there is you notice that when you hold a body very still, you see the mind just it just doesn't have any any uh, uh, solid uh, handles or reference points in it. And if it does, if something that comes up there, usually it's in terms of uh, difficulty or failure or a uh, uh, lack of what is commonly called self-esteem. Like you feel like, or embarrassment. We've talked a little bit about, you get embarrassed about because of pride. You're starting to show up to others like you're, you know, you're uh, not doing so well because of this, because of that. Those are all lies. 
There is, there is no self in this context. Form, feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness is a way of talking about the appearance of a human form. But those do not add up to those those five heaps or skandhas don't hang on to hands and create some kind of solid separate being. You start to look into that, which you're doing by practicing meditation, by studying these teachings, as you're looking at the insubstantiality of those forms. They're empty of what you think they are. Traditional teaching out of the, the Mahayana. More. In your bowing, how does the body show the insubstantiality of the mind stream? Body looks pretty substantial, doesn't it? When you're here, you can sit this way, you can sit this way. You have a lot of say-so about the body. Tremendous amount compared to the mind. You can't really do anything with the mind. But yet it looks like you're doing something with the mind when you're thinking about this, thinking about that, analyzing that, uh, like uh, the sculptor Rodin's thinker. This is, a, this, is the, this is the mudra of the West, you know? And, and this is the mudra of the East. This is why you, ha why you have powerful transcendent spiritual teachings in the East. Why? I don't know. I don't know what the structure of that karma is. But over here in the West, we're trying to figure things out, calculate them. More. So the form gives you a shape, sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, so you can watch the asymmetry of the mind because the mind will, the mind's asymmetry or lack of reference point or lack of center and fringe won't show up right away. It will take a while for you to see that. There are some teachings that actually, uh, help you to visualize in the Tibetan tradition, visualize a yantra, which is a, a mandala. You actually look at something in the mind that is symmetrical and, and then work with that in a certain way. Same thing with uh, with looking at uh, visualizing a deity, deity yoga, it's called, in the tantric tradition. You may need to do that. I don't teach it directly. I think you can just look at the mind, even though I've studied that. Yes, sir. Milka Bowing, question on YouTube from Zeb. Zeb Bowing, should one block out physical pain that can't be helped? Um, well, that's a pretty broad situation. I would say no. You're, you have physical pain and you can take care of it. Uh, there's medication. I mean, some of the medications are have some really bad. Oh, I don't need to tell you that. No, don't maintain return. If you sit down and your body starts to hurt, I'm sure you've even heard me say this before, Zeb, go lay down, go take a nap. I mean, set your alarm, get back up and come back, return to it, return. You don't have to maintain, but you need, if you're going to, if you're on the spiritual path, the way I'm endeavoring to point this out, you need to return. Just to tell a story, you're sitting here and you come in and you sit down and it's eight o'clock. Time to sit and you're sitting there for 25 minutes and you start to ache. Do not stay there. This is not a macho delivery service. Get up and leave. Do it through the form. Go, go in and go lay down for 20 minutes, a half an hour, or maybe the rest of the day. Take care of yourself. I don't know what it's like to be in your body-mind complex, but you do. Be respectful of that. And also return. Return to the teachings. Even if all you can do for a while is just read about it. Do the best you can. 
Zeb, I know you don't think you're very young, but I think you are. So you have a lot of time left, hopefully, unless the world comes to an end, which it might. Sanho. You began to answer, and I was just wondering for people like me, you know, I have a pinched nerve in my back. Uh, if I don't sit with my back against something, then it puts weight on the nerve. But if I put my back against something, it puts weight on the nerve. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering what about someone who there's a chronic reason why we basically need to lie down and then maybe we even fall asleep. Is that what is that? Uh, but, but, yeah. Did I say anything? <laughs> Michelle, that is not that funny. Well, maybe it is. So the reason I'm saying that is I'm starting to talk out of both sides of my ears. So and ears don't produce sounds, but sometimes we think they do. And I've had some chronic back pain, which uh, uh, thanks to Dr. Kinzel, I do not now. He actually did something and removed a synovial, removed, removed the pain of a synovial cyst in my L4 vertebrae, which was horrible. A few of you were around and you could see uh, it was very uh, disconcerting to be able to lay in a in a, um, a recliner. And even that was horribly painful. And all I did was scream, didn't I? I mean, I didn't do it for hours and hours, but probably an hour when it would, when it would attack me. It was horrible. And, and somehow I managed to get in here and sit down and give a Dharma talk and then go in the other room and scream for a while. So that doesn't mean I'm this big, brave muscular person who can sit here. No, it'll actually back off because, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I was teaching. I have no idea. Uh, that's, I have no idea. But I would say take care of yourself. I certainly, I would not sit up here if I was in excruciating pain. I would, I would excuse myself and leave. And you can do the same thing. The important thing is the awareness of what's happening, not our control over it. Your, your body, my body, uh, your body is... is you want to say it uh, in a very direct way. It's kind of on loan. It is the shape of consciousness takes for what, 60, 70 years, whatever the time is. It takes this particular shape. Be respectful to the body. That that which is arising in your mind stream and your back is supposed to be there. It is, it's there. It's cause, uh, causes and conditions. It's not that you can't find some way of maybe avoiding some of the pain. I did with uh, uh, Dr. Kinsel. Did some manipulations, and he's a DO also. So, did he do that, or did, was it just coincident? Was that getting ready to go away and I'm giving him credit? It doesn't matter. So, I would say take care of yourself. Be here as much as you can, but also if you need to lay down, or if there's something we can do in here to help uh, with your uh, back situation, another kind of a chair, or another. Uh, have you tried a Seiza bench before? Um, no. You know what a Seiza bench is? Yeah. So I'm saying, I'm not saying you should. No, I'm just saying you could experiment a little bit and see if there's another way of working with it. You can also just get up and go and go to the white tower room and sit in an easy chair in there, and then come back. But return, return, return is the important part. Further questions? Yes. Uh, yeah. I spend um, hours a week looking at what I believe is my mind. And it feels as if that mind is more intrusive um, off the cushion. Yes. How can how can I put others first when it when it just looks like more intrusiveness of just, my own? You're going to have to witness the way your selfishness 
you're going to have to witness how it's all about me, me, me. If you're ready to hear that from me, then that's what I'm telling you as a, as I understand your question. It's not about so much about trying to be a really nice, helpful person. Don't bullshit yourself. Don't turn away from your emotions, your feelings. These are dependently arisen, and they will look for a self who feels that way. And this is what you're working with. You're working with slowly understanding over time that there is no solid being there by the name of Yoon or Jesse. There's no solid being there. There's consciousness there that takes on that form in order to defend yourself, promote yourself, get your way, control others, control yourself. Unreal. You have to see that. And the path leading to that, seeing that, is difficult. It's like climbing a mountain or maybe worse. So you need to talk to somebody that has been up and down that mountain. And presumably, that's what you're doing. There's nothing to fix, but there's a lot to see. So continue to do that. The downside of what you're dealing with is it's painful and it's challenging and it's embarrassing, perhaps, to see that you're full of yourself. And you're all about me, me, me and controlling yourself and getting your way. Am I going too far here? Just look at it. You do not have to fix any of that. Fixing it just creates a strong ego that's improving and getting better. This is a misunderstanding. And there are people that teach this differently. And if you feel there, you want to listen to them, go listen to them. So, but I'm saying you need to see it. If you see what it is, you can liberate yourself from this uh, wheel called samsara. You may return uh, in another form and you may not. But whatever happens is what, what, what really needs to happen next in terms of your uh, awareness. More? Thank you for the question. Yu Hong Baoying. Young. Is it ignorance to use uh, spirituality? Sorry, Yihong Bali. Is that ignorance to use spirituality to work with loss of possessions? Bali. Is it ignorance to use spirituality? Yes. For example, this practice to deal with or to work with a loss of possessions. Bali. You know, I, I think I think I follow you, what your question is, but it's so complicated. Uh, rather than jump to a conclusion about what it is, is it ignorance? Just work with it where it's at, where you don't, you're not really sure what it is. Then there's, uh, then the possibilities are completely endless, endless possibilities, because you don't have a full cup, as the ancient Zen teachings of, you know, if you come into the teacher with a full cup, uh, there's no room for the teachings to go in. There has to be some kind of openness, some kind of emptiness, probably starting right here. Some kind of softness. It doesn't mean you're, you're no longer afraid, but some kind of openness where you can actually understand more deeply the, the very nature of the spiritual path yourself. I wouldn't call it avoidance. Uh, talking to you, as far as I know, I'm still your teacher. You asked me once to function that way, and that's what I'm doing right now. And I would say, you're fine. What needs to happen is more sitting and more connection with the uh, three jewels as much as you can. That, but that is without abandoning your children or your family. Uh, all that you don't have to. You don't have to go to a mountaintop. Now that we have Zoom, we can, we can all get together on Zoom or get together in the monastery and support each other, reinforce this practice for each other as a spiritual community, as a sangha. Quite often that's missed in other areas. It might They might show up as 
spiritual community for two weeks or for a retreat or something. And then they're not even allowed to talk to each other. This is a mistake. People need to talk to each other, not run around practicing noble silence. It's not very noble. It's uh, very discourteous, I think. And that's not my opinion. I think when I asked the question, when you answer, I realized that I, I did ignore the the grave of loss, uh, no matter what you know what type. Instead of looking at the how shown up in my body. It's awareness. It's about awareness. It's not about success. Not about. Being caught with an ignorance, it's not about being totally aggressive. It's not, it's about awareness of what you're doing. It's the awareness, it's not the control. You don't have to come back and and have some kind of artificial discipline based on the uniform code of military justice where everybody has to obey the law or they get thrown out of the monastery or thrown out of the teaching. So do it with awareness so you see it. We do this together. It's a very mutual situation. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Shoto. Shoto Bowing. Um, earlier, I think in response to Sanho's questioning, the idea of like residents aren't required to do anything. They aren't? But I thought that's what you said. Well, what are they required to do? I don't know. My question was like in the hallway, the, the forms, it says the mandatory forms for the practice resident. How do you spell mandatory? M A N D A T O R Y. Did you write that? Yes. No. Who did it? I don't know. Go ahead. What is it? Why use the word mandatory if we're not required to do it? Um, because we want you to. <laughs> it shows up in the form that we have to say you need if you're gonna live in this monastery, you need to do this this way. But we just had a person leave not too long ago who could not do this. I'm not saying they didn't try, but we but they had a lot of room to do the best they could, as you know. And I'm not going to go into the his, history of anything like that. But people just uh, we need to observe the forms. This doesn't you. There's not so, anything to obey here. But have to do that to some extent. And everyone here is doing that in a different way, different kind of working with this, as you know. And so mandatory, can you can, we, can you tell me two or three of them? Bye. Yeah, uh, something like wear sunways if you're in the Zendo, unless it's really hot and wear black. Okay. Things like so, But if it's really hot, uh, you can wear a black t-shirt, can't you? That's been done. So so what's the problem with that? Is it, it's just the word mandatory is really confusing. What would you use? Manipulative? <laughs> yeah, it's an M word. Meditative. Use that word. It's another word, really. Your choice. You know, then, then what do we do when Cayun comes? Is Cayun here? Cayun, <laughs> the word name Cayun means what? Painted cloud. And Cayun is quite dapper whereas 
flowered ascots and so on with the black. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed he has rainbow socks? Okay, so how mandatory is that? Is anyone jumping on him about that? Have you ever corrected him? It's mandatory. Why the hell didn't you correct him? Aren't you a monk? Why didn't you correct him? You told me, I actually asked you about that and said, who's going to argue with a painted file? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ever tried to argue with any cloud, let alone a painted one? We used to have a have a person that had a lot of uh, hats. All uh, first came here with the uh, same time Chiazan came here a long, long time ago. They came together and hit, and I I named him. He he wouldn't stay around. He wasn't that interested in in this teaching, but he was an interesting fellow. That white and I called him uh, um, Kaizan, painted mountain. And he he was quite quite decorative, decorated. But right or wrong is actually, we need to find it some way. We need to make it so that it, so that it respects people's, some people are need to do things a certain way. So um, I think if Kayun lived here, uh, instead of we're just visiting for a few weeks or something, I might talk to him. But, and I'm not sure if he's here right now. Kayun, are you here? Let's see. Mm. Let's see. I don't see him. So good. Well, we can keep talking about it. <laughs> so it's, you know, like that. It's kind of funny. You know, you like I said, arguing with a painted cloud. It's like it's it's uh it's it has to be kind of open-ended. You have to, you have you need the form, and then you see how well in this one area it's not time to tighten that up. So we we be respectful of people's uh if someone is here that takes a lot of sincerity even come here and live let alone to stay here year after year when some things are driving you crazy but he hasn't stayed here long enough for someone to something to drive him crazy but he lives in new york so you can get plenty of that right in new york more about that if you have it and i'll try to respond to it in a uh, as clear a way as i can just that i had asked you not to keep going into this specific situation, but to just drop that because I retyped that list and I got the feedback to know we should keep that word mm -hmm. uh, mandatory. So I told you to drop it. No, I asked about it and you told me to keep it. Oh, I didn't tell you to keep it, yeah. So, okay, well, I guess I told you what to do, didn't I? So it's mandatory. But, you know, it's still, look who you're talking to. I mean, since I'm the abbot here, or the so-called authority, I can change this around. I can say we have to knock all the windows out. Not enough air in here. Yeah, but Sokazan, there'll be broken glass all over the place. Well, well that'll, that'll be just put it on the summer list. <laughs> well, how about all the cold air coming in? I said, bundle up. <laughs> just make sure you wear black. I mean, I can go on and on and on with this. We'd all have a good time. Have you ever seen me pick up a coffee cup and throw it at you? Oh, I said I couldn't remember. That's a teaching. It's coming yet. Won't be long. So what am I saying here? I'm not trying to be stupid or crazy or silly or even uh, ridiculous. I'm just saying that the teaching come out comes out of the forms. So we need the forms. Like when you was asking, how do we need the forms? We chant the Heart Sutra. We chant uh, the Samji Nirmachana. No, we don't chant that. We read that and study that. We study. Uh, we study the uh, or chant the. Uh, uh, 
Well, now we chant the 30 verses of Asabandu, which we kind of in, invented that along with the help from Chisho and from other, from uh, Yinlong and other people were able to make that into a chant, a form. And so the form gets you something we can all do together. We kind of agree on that based on what the teaching person is saying. Let's do this. Let's chant this. And, and, and then you watch the, the way the mind, especially the self-centered mind, it's more, it becomes more clear the way in which you're greedy, the way in which you, you grasp passion, the way in which you reject aggression, and the way in which you shut down or ignore or turn away from things or distract yourself from the truth. It's about awareness, 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 not necessarily about following the forms or obeying. It's about observing. Even Coben said uh, with the 16 precepts, you don't take precepts, you observe them. And a lot of that observing is seeing how you cannot stop lying. You're always patting something on, patting something, you're, changing. you're not quite able to just say what is true. You you look back on something you just said to somebody, you realize you didn't really didn't really level with them on that. You sidestepped it because what? You didn't want to hurt their feelings. You all know what I'm talking about. And the other one would be not that you didn't want to hurt their feelings. You did not want to be a person who showed up as someone who was obstinate or disagreeable. Or You could go on and on because there's so many different ways of the three poisons show up to keep us from what? being right here with this in, in a genuine, sincere, and direct way. Any other, any questions on Zoom? I can't see all of you there since you have your names up, but if, if you just speak up, I will endeavor to respond to questions. I have a follow-up question about Shoto's asking. So at the monastery, you just mentioned that there are certain things are required and a monast mandatory and off cushion during our workplace, for example, in the classroom. So it's easy black and white. If this is the rule, the students follow the rule. How uh, can I look at that with... Um, maybe with some practice on this path? Bye. I think it's a, it's a very good question. And you, you might just pick out uh, something, maybe make a list of all the rules that are there and then see if there's one there that is, is more sensitive or softer in terms of being interpreted differently, depending on the individual or the person. So you, you could contemplate that yourself just based on the way you're asking me. I think there, there's already probably some kind of sensitivity to something that doesn't need to be nailed down. So we apply a standard every time instead of looking at the individuality. This was a, I experienced this when I was very young in school, how um, you have to live up to a certain standard or else you don't pass. So people are disrespected. Everyone here has a different way of learning, of educating themselves, whether it's the linear way or the, the all over the place way. No center, no fringe. Holistic sometimes it's called. And quite often that's just not respected because you can't get control of people if you kind of let them learn in their own way. You need to control 
need to control them and have everybody learn the same way. Everyone takes the same test. We have a, a standard. So it's just, it is a highly sophisticated form of stupidity that is doing that. This doesn't mean that some people won't rise to the top of class. It's because they're highly, have a natural ability to remember really just about everything and a natural ability to apply that in different ways that makes them look superior to everybody. And I'm not saying they're not superior. They, they really are. But it leaves out a whole lot of other ways that people function in maybe a, a more holistic or even you could even say humanistic way of having great respect for others. Great respect for the variable. This is why you have bullies on the playground. Power, power, power. It's because it's taught. Go, you've heard of the war on drugs? That showed up, what, in the 1972 or something like that? Not not a good way to work with uh, something that is an addiction, to make war on it. Not a good idea to make war on anything. Not a good idea to make peace with anything. Because usually that's just a cover-up for wanting to control. I know it sounds like I'm about ready to get on my soapbox, doesn't it? I'm not going to do that. Is there a final question before we? Yes, sir. Milka Bowing question on YouTube from uh, Thomas in the UK. Yes, sir. If time does not remain constant, what does it remain? Um, time? Time. It's just an abstraction. It's, just, it's abstract. That's why we have to have a, a clock. It goes in circles. Like this, unless you have a digital clock, which makes it even more abstract, and then you you can look at a digital digital clock and not really know what time it is. But you could look at a analog clock and still not know what time it is. That's because it's not real. Milka Bowing, he has another question. I bet he does. Uh, firewood is not ash. What is ash? Um, firewood. Dogen's uh, koan. Firewood does not become ash. It's, yeah, that's following who's gone on a little further. He has? Uh, All right. Thomas asks, yeah. why will ash be blown by winds easier than a tree? Because huh. it's not as heavy. Unless you have 500 tons of, well, let's make, let me put it to you this way. What's heavier, a ton of feathers or a ton of logs? It's the same thing. It's just it's abstractions out of it. it just makes it impossible to compare anything or to even figure anything out unless you're trying to get an advantage on something or somebody manipulate people or ideas propaganda uh, that usually operates out of fear if there's no fear you're not going to control somebody that that has transcended fear I can take one more if there is one, especially in here. You know, you know. You know about Whenever you talk about the forms being soft and uh, not being macho, I 
crave that. Is that just a form of hiding? Sure. But also, th these forms in here are quite movable, but yet they're here, they're very, uh, the structure is very strong. So if you wanted to come in here and follow these forms, for instance, the next month, this is eight hours a day for 29 days. It's it's very, very strong, but it, you have to be the one. There's no one standing here with a stick, unless it's me, which I might. But go ahead, yeah, further. Yeah, Jim, I'm going, if I'm trying to create new forms for myself back at Hidden Mountain, yeah. is it unskillful to try to adhere to them strictly? Should oh, I no, no. Force myself to be no, 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 you, you, you know, you know, you should trust yourself. You know what you need to do for yourself. It just might take you uh, a lot longer to, to do that on your own than if you turn it over to a teacher and then he or she or they tell you what to do. This is your form. I have people that are fully ordained monks that I don't get complete permission from. And I know it, and I'm not sure if they know it or not. Permission to... Um, Shake my finger at them. You know that. Oh, yeah. Did I ever shake my finger at you? I think I'm following what you're saying. We could talk at some point uh, in private on that if you wanted to look into that. But I, I think it's uh, with anybody, especially somebody who's off in the distance, like people are on Zoom I've never met, set up your forms. Just, just notice how you set up a form. Uh, you could say, Every morning at seven o'clock, I sit for one hour and I uh, take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And I maybe I prostrate or maybe I just bow to an altar. Maybe there's an image of a Buddha. Maybe, there, maybe there's a, a Dharma book sitting on it. Maybe there isn't anything there. Maybe it's just a candle. Maybe nothing. Maybe offer incense. Maybe not. But have some kind of point of reference where you say, where you do something with your mind stream. It's up to you how to do that. That being said, if you go too far out, then then the whole ego mind starts to take over. And the next thing you know, you think you're a guru. Go ahead, please. Mazuka Bowing, what is the function on the path of giving full permission as our teacher? You just receive the teaching. You receive it. So that so that the teacher can introduce you to what this is, because this is it. this is the teacher. I'm just a student of this. But since I'm a student of everything here, including you, including your question, I'm able to teach out of it. If if I have a student. So what is the function of what? Giving you permission as a teacher. It's just that. What? Mizuku bowing. What's the impact on the path of not giving you full permission as a teacher? You tend to interpret the whole thing yourself. Uh, and, and I did this for many years with, with my, both of my teachers. How does interpreting it ourselves keep us from seeing what this is? If if the interpretation uh, is uh, uh, has, has some kind of understanding there, if you're looking at it, you're seeing, for instance, you look at this and you begin to see that that you're that what you're looking at is your mind. So you're the one that's going to have to see that. This teacher can't do that for you, but the teacher might saying might might say to you, what you're looking at, you are. You've heard me say that. 
when you look at the wall, when you look at your worst fears, when you look at your biggest celebration of succeed, succeeding at something, it's your mind. It is the mind it needs to be seen. Not something that you can particularly think about more. What's the difference between what I'm looking at being my mind and my interpretation being the truth? I don't know. That's pretty complicated. So, in other words, your interpretation being the, the truth to you, thats it's an interpretation. So, so it's not the truth. It's uh, your idea about what's in front of you. But you might have to look at your idea what's in front of you, but you don't push it. You don't pull on it. And you don't shut down. You don't do anything with that. You just continue to receive that. And very difficult to do that unless there's some kind of a training period. Do we need the teacher to help us see the difference between what we're seeing and what we think about it? Well, I certainly did. I think it's important to have a teacher. Without the teacher and the relationship to the teacher is different for everyone. Do we have to begin to doubt our thoughts, our own thinking process before we can give you full permission? There's probably probably going to be some of that. But it doesn't mean that you're going into going into some kind of a stupor where you can't even think anymore because there's so many doubts. But a little bit of that. It's the chemistry between you and the teacher and the chemistry between you and the teaching that you're studying, and the chemistry between you and the community that you're in. Other people that are also practicing that have the same teacher. Seems to be pretty important. This is why you receive vows. This is why you return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher. For refuge or for support. So that you can continue more. So one last thing I'll say. It probably will never make any sense to you. Even if you realize your true nature, you won't be able to go back and figure out or find out how that even occurred. Because what happens is you, you just stop covering it up. And so then that's why it's sometimes called grace. You just, you didn't do it. You didn't create it. You just stop covering up your true nature. You saw that you are this. You are every. There's anything that is not you, not you, the personal person, not even you, the witness, because even the witness comes apart. Even the seer comes apart. Even the consciousness. But we have to start somewhere. So we start with that walking up that mountain. You home bowing. If okay. we do as what you are teaching us, what made us to return? What made us return to you again and again, Bowie? I don't know. Probably because you're a fool. Is that because I did not do exactly as what you are teaching me, Bowie? Probably hit on something there. All the teacher can do is point at it or 
talk about it. And then it is up to you to practice and see see it for yourself. As was talked about earlier, uh, you are you are what you're looking for. You're, you just discover your true nature, and it is not separate from anything else. It's consciousness only, simple way of putting it. But you have to see it. If you see it, it will not necessarily be an experience. Experiences come and go, as I've sometimes pointed out this way. Here's an experience. Gone. And realization is like this. Hasn't Thank gone. You. You're welcome. Oh, okay, my friends. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Chiezan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.